and welcome to Off The Shelf Reviews. I can't believe I lost my hat! And I'm Gary, and today we're going to review and discuss The Devil Rides Out, released in 1968 based on the novel by Dennis Wheatley, written by Richard Matheson, and directed by Terence Fisher. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story follows Christopher Lee, who has just found out that one of his close friends has joined a group of Satanists. Christopher has to go out of his way to do everything in his power to stop the rise of Satan and save his friend's life. Oriel Seraphim, Eopatessa, Zati Zata, Galatim Galata! So you might also recognize this film as The Devil's Bride, mm. as it was named in America upon release. And that was because the, uh, the the sort of the financiers or the investors in America that were investing in Hammer Horror films at the yeah. time, they originally thought that the title sounded like a Western. So they were like, no, we, we're going to have to change the title. Okay, yeah. And uh, subsequently as well, they also started to lower the amount of money they were investing in Hammer Horror at the time. Yeah. Now, this is also based, as I said, on the novel The Devil Rides Out by Dennis Wheatley, who was pretty famous for his Black Magic series of novels. I mean, he wrote a lot of adventure novels, yeah. but every so often they were in a shared universe, and every so often they would encounter a supernatural entity or the occult or Satanists. Right. And uh, and it wasn't really until, like, the 1960s that, uh, you know, the Satanic Panic started to uh, have a huge resurgence. Yeah, you yeah. You know, uh, movies were, were investigating it. Uh, pop musicians were singing songs about it. Yeah. Uh, and so there was all this panic going on. And so it, it was also a perfect opportunity then for Hammer Horror to look at these books that were pretty famous at the time yeah. and revitalize them. And, uh, of course, they got legendary Hammer Horror director Terence Fisher in. I mean, he's known f all the way back for films like The Mummy, yeah. 1959, uh, The Horror of Dracula, or just Dracula, 1958, The Brides of Dracula in 1960, The Curse of the Werewolf in 1961, yeah. The Phantom of the Opera in 1962, and so many more. And, of course... Reuniting with Hammer Horror, the icon of horror, Christopher Lee. Yeah. Like, this is the first time I'd ever seen it. But at the same time, like, I'd seen, or I have seen a lot of Hammer Horror in my time. So I really wasn't expecting much from this movie. But I just knew, you know, chucking Christopher Lee onto it, the movie's going to sell out. And then we're looking into the notes and realizing this is one of Lee's favorite movies simply because he plays the hero. And I was like, holy shit, really? Like, the last time I think he was maybe even close to being the hero was um, uh, was on the Horror Express with Peter Cushing. And that kind of bummed me out that Peter Cushing wasn't in this, because I always... I know, I know. ...one the two of them to play along with each other. But having Christopher Lee playing uh, Nicholas, and my French maybe not be that great, Nicholas Duke de Richelieu, um... Like, he just seems to be so suave. Oh, absolutely. This. Absolutely. I mean, but he is... I mean, he almost is playing a villain in this. He plays the villain like he plays the hero. <laughs> <You know? laughs> he, he dominates all, all, the, all the other characters immediately, just by his stature, by his mannerisms, by his gaze, by, yeah. the, way he, he, by the way he dictates the way he talks. But what we know of Christopher Lee you know, pre-movies, is that, like, 
he was a secret agent, you know, he may have assassinated people. And so this character that he's playing is kind of in league with that, you know. This guy just is very savvy in all of the unknown stuff that we, you know, you wouldn't really look into, but he, like he switched on with it. You've also got Leon Green playing Rex uh, Van Ryan. And the two of them come to their friend Simon's house. And it's supposed to be a celebration, you know, the anniversary of them. Like I they were confused. having a reunion. Yeah, like he, like they were friends with his dad, with Simon's dad, or they've got some kind of history with Simon, so they're very close. And when they turn up at the house, and you've just got a bunch of people there, you can immediately tell from Simon's face when he turns around, he's unhappy they're there. And they start to just kind of talk. I love the way Lee's just like turns to Rex, and he's just like, right, okay, you distract Simon. I'm gonna mingle the room. I'm going to be asked to leave, Rex. You move among the guests and listen to what they have to say. Rex, old friend. I hate to say it, but I'm going to have to throw you out. The meeting's due to start very shortly. It is one of my favourite scenes yeah. in the film, actually. I've yes. made a note, and uh, I like it. And it's the way that the film uses the audio here. Because as he's moving around the room, we yes. you know, we, zo we zoom in on little snippets of conversation as, as Christopher Lee's trying to piece together who these people are, where they've come from, and are they really a part of this astrological society, uh, as they have been called. Yeah. And, uh, and it's not long before, you know, we have a couple of interactions with some of the guests, and uh, I like it when they, they they talk to the smoking lady, yeah. and, and and it's Rex's reaction in the background where he's just like, "What the hell are these people really?" The countess with the eye. Yes, yeah. She was freaking me out all the way through the movie. But we get Charles Gray, legendary Charles Gray, playing Mokata, and like, if I'm stuck in a room and on one side I've got Charles Gray and the other side I've got Christopher Lee, I don't know who the bad guy is. <laughs> right. But the fact that I already know Lee is the hero, I'm looking at Charles Gray and I'm like, all right, there's something up with you. And he grabs hold of uh, Simon and, and walks him away, which gives Duke de Richelieu uh, and, uh, and Rex an opportunity to go and explore upstairs. Yeah. And they see these, I don't know, they're like pagan inscriptions on the walls. There's this diagram on the floor. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a sacrifice, sacrificial room. Of course, these two characters are supposed to be unaware of what they're actually walking into until they hear a noise. <laughs> and so the Duke goes to investigate. And the moment he opens that basket and sees a white and a black chicken in there. Oh, the man, yeah. Obviously, obviously signs of devil worshipping right there. He immediately knows what's going on and confronts him straight away. He's just like, you fool! You fool. I'd rather see you dead than meddling with black magic. Man, just, yeah, Lee's interactions, his, his, like, he, he understood earlier on when Simon mentioned that there was 13 of them in this room. You know, for, you know that's like, I don't know, sat satanic lucky numbers. You know, there can only be that many. And then when he sees the symbols on the wall and he sees the chickens, he's just like, yep, you're into devil worshipping, black magic, I need to get you out of here. And he just whacks Simon, knocks him out. I was like, yeah, that's a good plan. There's a small little goof there, really, when uh, when he hits the, the, the floor, the pattern mm. on the floor, you can see that it's kind of made out of foam because <laughs> it kind of bounces when he hits it. And I was just like, that's ah, fine. But he gets Rex to carry him out. And, and I did love this way that they're coming down the stairs and I'm just expecting satanic satanist to just jump out of every corner and we get that first guy come out and lee deals with him they jump in the car they drive off 
and they start to you know speak to simon away from the building and like like i said the duke is really just savvy to all of it all you know he just kind of knows the counter for absolutely every step that's going to happen throughout this movie which is really nice and because it's christopher lee we're just like yeah we accept that he's completely knowledgeable oh. he knows all about the occult straight away i was sat watching this movie i should you know i've sat watching this movie and i was thinking to myself man he's over exaggerating that acting a bit and then i kept getting flashes to him fighting werewolves and i'm like no you know what he's really good in this yeah <laughs> it's the material do you believe in the power of darkness as a superstition now there you were wrong the power of darkness is more than just a superstition. It is a living force which can be tapped at any given moment of the night. Well, he kind of sits him down, doesn't he? And he puts, he shines the lampshade at him and he's got yes. the mirror and he's trying to, I don't know, like brainwash him out of being a, a cult member, essentially. Yeah. And uh, they put him into bed. They put the crucifix around him and they, they leave him be. And it's the uh, the butler, essentially, who walks in on him, basically strangling himself with the crucifix. Yeah. Uh, ru rushes back to tell the Duke. Uh, they rush back upstairs again, only to find that he's he's bolted. He's left. Yeah. And after Simon has escaped, you know, um, the Duke speaks to Rex and says, look, you kind of liked Tabitha at the party. You, the two of you kind of knew each other. So I want you to go back and maybe try to talk to her. And so Rex takes her out in his car. And obviously... It's blatant superimposing like on every screen you've got the the rear projection yeah well you got the superimposing of the observatory at the house at the beginning and the rear projecting of this so like i'm not talking great special effects cgi here people but when you see hammer horror written on the title you you get what you're given considering that this was i mean at the time it was about two hundred and fifty thousand dollar or jesus or pounds budget that's not even a actor's wage now well, i mean it is the late 60s so yeah but it's still not a lot is it no <laughs> but like they're driving along and rex is talking to tabitha but she starts to become like hypnotized under the spell of mukada so you see charles gray's eyes in the mirror and he starts to tell tabitha like you know you listen to me you do what i say well see you know just stay with him for a moment and they drive to well at first i was confused who these people were but it turns out later on this is the nephew or niece of the duke yeah so rex is bringing tabitha to this these people's house for lunch it's kind of almost a comedy scene though <laughs> like yeah. i couldn't help but laugh because you've got the little girl peggy who's yeah. just like oh uncle rex is here uncle rex is here and he pulls up and he gets out and he greets everybody and he's left uh, tabitha in the car yeah who just shoots, shoots right off. off yeah and rex is like i need to borrow your car and shoots right off after her. and the little girl's like well he didn't stay very long did he <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> peggy's pretty badass in this movie <laughs> He didn't stay long, did he? But this but whole chase sequence. The chase sequence is amazing. Like, you don't see many car chases in Hammer Horror movies. No. And I was, as I was watching the scene, I was just like, I can't remember if there's any sped up footage in the film. And I was like, oh, there's no sped up footage. I really, really don't like sped up. Oh, no, there's a sped up footage shot. <laughs> yeah. I like the puddle. <laughs> yes. Because they drive both through a puddle. And then you cut to the actors who are blatantly in the studio and somebody's just gone, splash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
but uh, we do get some, I guess, some some black magic being uh, implemented here as the whole windscreen gets frosted over. So yeah. he literally punches right through it so <laughs> yeah. that he can carry on seeing where he's going. We get the mist shoot across the road, so he ends up wrecking the car into a tree uh, as Tabitha gets away. Yeah. And Rex follows them to uh, this house. And then what was just brilliant stealth on Rex's part? As 13 of them come out of the house, including Simon, who's hanging out with Charles Gray, Rex mingles with them behind their cars without any of them seeing and hides in the boot of one of the cars. And I'm like, that's amazing because all of these cars are terribly old. You would have heard him just climbing in, but, you know, he, he gets in there and they drive to a, a well, That graveyard. reminds me, I, I love the fact that the film is set in the 1920s. Yeah. And so, yeah, all of the cars, the houses, the technology, the clothing. There is some inconsistencies with some cars around in the film that wouldn't have been around for a few more years. But yeah. you, you don't you don't immediately recognise that. The whole aesthetic is really cool. I loved how Rex was almost run over by the Countess. Right. And the way she kind of looks at the camera or not at the camera. It's so great. <laughs> But he follows them to this graveyard and this is where now the Satanists are going to perform their black magic uh, kind of baptism of Simon. Now, I'm not really, I don't really know many Satanists, you know, I don't think, like we're 2022, if Satan's around, like he's either doing a really bad job or everybody's really good at hiding it because like these people are stood in the woods and they're, they're sacrificing a goat. As you do. As you do. Um, you know, what it's, it's was it, it Christopher Lee said it was like the, the the eve of May Day, which is supposed to be like the most superless, evil, satanic day. In it's all a, the of, day of the Sabbath. Yeah. 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 And if, it, if they do it now, then then Macaro will become super powerful and Simon will lose his soul to evil. Blah, blah, blah. Now, there was supposed to be a giant orgy. That was what was supposed to be going oh, yeah. on. Here. You, you know, when they're all, they're all frolicking around yeah. and throwing each other up but in the air. It was supposed no. to be an orgy. But apparently no. on the... Uh, the, the day before they were filming this sequence, it rained pretty heavily. So the entire forest was just muddy and swampy and horrible. Uh, yeah. So they were like, there's no way we're doing anything even remotely of the sort. So and we're not, just gonna... the, not the fact that it's 1968. And even if you'd showed one boob on TV, they would have burnt the cinema well, the, down. With the film in it. was already X-rated anyway, just because it was about <laughs> Satanists. <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> I mean, sensibilities haven't really changed too much either. I don't know. You could probably get away with a bit more nowadays but like yeah i got it like you 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 look upon this well i'm gonna call it a gathering it's not an orgy (laughs) it's a gathering a gathering of a bunch of people laughing and joking and pushing each other and pretending oh i'm gonna have sex with you with all your clothes on (laughs) you know charles gray is just stood there like looking at all like this is 68 they probably did this after at a party because that's what he did in the 60s but Rex has decided now he's going to go call uh, the Duke. He races back and he calls up Christopher Lee and he says, look, there's a weird gathering going on in the forest. Simon's here. You need to come. And Christopher Lee's like, I will be there. Why didn't you call me earlier? Well, because I didn't have a phone. You know, yeah. <laughs> now, again, there's, I, I adore this film, but I do, you know, I do like pointing out some of the inconsistencies <laughs> yeah. or the edits where yeah. we see them in the forest frolicking around. 
middle of the night. Yeah. Then we cut to Rex out outside, and it's like mid afternoon. Yeah, then yeah. when he calls the Duke, it's like the middle of the day. <laughs> I'm just like, what, what, is time different here? I was like, the editing here was a little bit off. The continuity, especially because even when when the Duke gets there and it's like it's, the, it's late evening again, then when they get into the woods, it's pitch black again. Yeah, I, so yeah, I kind of just took it all as like midnight. Yeah, I figured yeah. it was like the twilight. Uh, yeah, over. It had to be like in the moonlight. So like, I didn't notice really much of the background. Just especially when the Duke turns up, he's just like, "Look, Rex, I wish we had sunlight because that would obviously destroy the Satanists." And Rex is like, "That's it." I love the fact that Rex Rex has these little moments. Like he's a complete idiot at some points. And then next moment, he's the fucking hero. Well, he, he's reckless. He's a thrill seeker. That's why we see him at the plane at the start. Oh, that sort of sets up his character. True. He 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 gets where he gets the car that he he was driving up to here uh, in, and and the Duke drives it up. And as soon as they shine the headlights on, everybody gets freaked out. Well, you don't forget, you've also got the devil himself uh... appears. The goat of Mentis. The devil himself. The <laughs> devil turns up. Some goat-headed man thing with legs. Like, what was he doing? He's just sat there watching like, Hey, guys. Yeah. Gathering in the woods. Couldn't have an orgy. Oh, see, the, <laughs> see the floors went, yeah. Yeah, it looked a little bit yeah. disappointed, didn't he? Did, he did yeah. look disappointed. <laughs> and the fact they drive up and, you know... The Duke is just like, I've got to destroy the devil. And he throws a cross. Yeah, the crucifix. And yeah. it just blows him up. Or, well, I, oh, I don't know if it blows him up. It banished him back. Yeah, yeah. But everybody was like so shocked. And I love the fact that Rex just jumps out and he just starts punching everybody <laughs> to get to Simon. It's the typical 1960s punching throws and <laughs> over-exaggerated wallops. <laughs> and he wants to rescue Tabitha as well because it, Tabitha isn't fully a Satanist yet. They're trying to baptism her too like what do you get out of it really just money and power yeah pretty much yeah. really yeah, and yeah. you just like it's pretty good i think well i mean the, the cost of sacrificing a virgin or a goat every month i suppose is all right but like the the orginess seems to be a bit boring what well i'm looking at these people frolicking in the forest and all i could think was is like <laughs> they, they 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 get together maybe once a month maybe like once every 13 days or whatever it is their satanic pack is and so every now and again you're like hey judith hey john yep orgy again woohoo yeah selling our souls to the devil whoa i hope nobody finds out <laughs> just seemed really boring especially in 68 like come on sorry i'm showing my old age well, there wasn't now. much going on in the 60s was there I true mean... we got christopher lee running around just throwing crucifixes at the devil <laughs> now we also have another moment where uh where where rex and lee go back to the house yeah and they go back upstairs to where the uh, where the altar room was the oh, the, the observatory God. and they get <laughs> no. attacked by by a demonic well, well well yeah observed well no because the, the demonic spirit is is looking at them arms folded and 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 the duke is just like whatever you do don't look in his eyes <laughs> rex is like what Straight away, completely mesmerized, starts walking towards this spirit. Uh, and Lee had to throw something at him as well to, to banish this evil spirit. <laughs> yeah, the look on that guy's face as he's floating in the middle of the room. It's like, look evil. Do you have, I don't know if he had any idea what scene he was in <laughs> exactly, or what film he was like, in. Or... Like, was it a trap? Was it a, 
a dev a demon coming through was like like Lee Lee said, oh Mokata must be like a really powerful wizard in the satanic realm to be able to make this thing appear. But I was like, okay, maybe back in sixty eight it would have been terrifying, but it's a guy staring at me while wearing red a red nappy. Like Rex is making me scared as he's walking towards it because he can't turn away. But even so, Nicholas isn't really doing much to stop him. He's just looking in a different way like, No, Rex! Don't go! I can't <laughs> help it! And But they banished that spirit. And when they banished the devil as well in, in the forest, they take Tabitha back to uh, the, 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 the Eaton's, the Eaton's yeah. house, who are the nephew and niece, or niece of, of Nicholas. And, you know, Nicholas makes it clear that nobody is to leave these people alone. You know, Simon can't be trusted on his own. You've got to stay with him. You know, um, Tabitha has to stay on her own. So Rex is going to stay with her. And while he goes off to, I don't know, get supplies or like every now and again, he just disappears. Well, it, it's <laughs> because if, if Christopher Lee was still there, if the Duke was still there, there's there's no chance the evil's going to prevail here. True, true. So he, he makes the excuse that he has to go back to the uh, to an observatory, back to the library and dig up some books because he needs to memorize some incantations, which true. may just save the day later on. <laughs> may. <Yeah. laughs> and, uh, and this is, again, one of my favorite scenes in the film where Makata turns up at the house. Yes. And start, I mean, he has a sit down with, with the mother yes and uh and and it's such a great scene because he's so charming yet and so seductive oh, but, Charles Gray, but yeah. the evil is just emanating from him you know the way he sits sits down they're you know they're they're, they're far away from each other it's a long a wide shot mm. with the two of them on either side of the frame but his voice his i mean his voice fills that void yeah and uh and the shots are still fairly wide but as as he's slowly uh, hypnotizing her on the shots of her, the camera's just slowly panning in. Yeah. Uh, uh, until she's completely hypnotized, and then it's a full full close up. The same uh, the same for Makata as well. The way he just leans right into the shot yes. once the hypnosis is complete, and he's trying to find out where where the two the two people are that he wants. And again, I love the shot where he sits back in the chair. And he looks, looks up, up yeah. straight at the camera, which then again just zooms right right into him. I mean, he does a lot of acting with his eyes, mm. his unblinking eyes. And he, the, the funny thing is, he actually explains it as well, that it's not black magic. It's kind of science. You know, he kind of just explains, like, I'm hypnotizing you with my voice. I'm just completely taking away your will by my sheer controlling this conversation in this whole room. And I'm like... Man, that's what hypnotists do, yeah. don't they? You know, it's not really magic or some kind of spell. It's it, like that's that. That's what kind of made this feel real. But even more so, like when he looks up and he takes control of Tabitha, and she's she gets up out of bed. Her eyes just snap open. She gets out of bed. She walks to a wall, and there's daggers on the wall. So she takes one out. And in the the other room, Simon has woken up, and he starts to attack the dad, who's trying to make sure that he's okay. So Makata has got this whole situation under control. Like, what the? F I'm waiting for somebody to come in, and then Peggy comes into the room and just distracts Mummy and distracts Makata. So all the spells, the spells are broken. broken. Yeah, it's such a moment. Yeah, such a moment. But again, this is probably my favorite favorite moment in the entire film. It's so chilling, the way Makata uh, is just about to leave, and he says. I shall not be back, but something will. Yeah. Tonight. And then he's gone. It's just like, oh, oh Shit. damn. <laughs> like, what do, you, what do you say to that? You know, he's not going to be back, but he's going to send something in its place. 
I shall not be back. But something will. Tonight. Something will come for Simon and the girl. And so Tabitha has seen uh, Makata leave and, and doesn't want to stay. She doesn't want to kill Rex. She's kind of fallen for him. So she, she runs off. And Rex runs off after her. And by the time Nicholas has come back, the mum and dad have explained to him that Makata was there. Like, they managed to scare him off. Simon is still here. He's taken, he, he's with Peggy. But Rex is gone. And Christopher Lee is like, That fool! What does he plan to do? He doesn't know what's going to come after him tonight. And we cut to fucking Tabitha in this barn, tied up, going fucking evil dead crazy. And Rex is just kind of sat there with her. And I'm just like, yeah, dude, what, what is your fucking plan on this? Like, 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 I'd love to see what's going to happen if the devil turns up to try to take this woman. Because I was sat there thinking to myself, they named the movie The Devil's Bride. And yet, Tabitha's not really the main character. You know, Simon's really more the main character. And, and the whole situation with Nicholas and him protecting the whole family. Tabitha's just kind of like a side product for Rex. So the whole Devil's Bride thing is completely out the window. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when we cut back to the house, Christopher Lee's got this, you know, magic circle set up in the front room. There's again another little uh, goof, I right. would say, where we see him. He's got all these candles lit around him, except the one in front. Yeah. He strikes the match. He lights the candle. Candle doesn't set a light. Right. And so he leans down and starts pouring some holy water, I guess, into this little uh, little holder. Yeah. And then in the next wide shot, the, the candle's lit. It's just like, we know that it's, that was done outside the hammer. edit. Oh, I know, but it's just a little goofy. Yeah. It's fun to notice those things. Well, this is it. I've seen enough uh, magic things in, in other shows before that I know that this circle is there to protect them. That everybody inside the circle is supposed to stay in the circle until the thing is over. I mean, it was very interesting that like he'd leave the butler with Peggy. But in my mind, I'm just like, well, I mean, if the Satanists are really after Simon, they're not going to bother about the little girl. Like, they might do, but, you know, maybe the butler can take care of them. And then the special effects. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, I have seen some shit in my time. But this giant spider sequence was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's really poor and it's not aging very well at all. Yeah. Now, I mean, yeah. like you said, they had a tiny budget, but you know, we see the spider in its giant form, but it, and it's horribly superimposed into the film. <laughs> yeah. But then we see the actual spider just crawling along the floor. <laughs> We're just like, well, we clearly we can't see any furniture or anything here. So, but it, even then, it still doesn't look like the size they're imagining it to be when peggy turns up oh my god that's when that was breaking me yeah yeah <laughs> uh yeah obviously you know it, again it, I, what i would say about this film is that it's not about the creature effects or the or the effects in general no. it's about the characters so like watching the mum freak out that her daughter's oh, yeah, there and yeah, the yeah. big spiders there and uh, and then that's, but that's what this film has is this charm you know i'm laughing at this superimposed spider on this but jesus christ i've heard people scream about how bad special effects are in modern day movies yeah. so when somebody hands me a movie from 1968 if i'd seen this in the cinema uh on the day that it had come out if i'd been a good age to watch this in 68 i'd have totally been terrified by it because yeah. like gary said the, the 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 music the ambience everything has just been building up and you are like i part of me really got like this whole magic sequence like like lee was telling the dad at one point like you know makata's gone for you mate because you're an idiot 
and like you're the, you're the weakest out of us all but you're my friend so if i can convince you to stay you must stay and so he but he also stay. tells them that they're, they're fresh in the fight now so yeah. they've got that extra resilience yeah they're, they're not being sent crazy but, by the by the goings on yet but that's like you said at the beginning like I, because lee was saying this i fully bought into this yeah. so when peggy did come into the room and yeah she's dealing with this stupid superimposed spider it was Lee telling me, it's not really Peggy. It's McCarter as well, trying to lure you out. So, you know, when they throw the water on it and they defeat it and the, the Peggy disappears and the spider dies. I felt bad for the spider. You know, no animals were harmed in, in this movie. Well, <laughs> they, they they hired the spider. They had the, they had the keeper looking <laughs> after the spider and they got yeah. the spider on the set and they got all the lights on. Yeah. And then the spider died under the intense heat of the lights. Yeah. So then they had to go and get another spider. <laughs> And then that spider did all of the scenes and they didn't incinerate it under the studio lights. But the spider that did die is the one that they then turned on its back and poured acid over it. That's why. To give it the smoking effect. I saw the smoking effect and I was like, "Mm, 68 acid at this point? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And Lee explains, look, this isn't over just yet. You know, Makata's going to send the angel of death. Which I was like, holy shit, how are you going to fucking envision the angel of death? Until we get this black knight ride into the room on a horse with these wings. And at this point as well, we'd already cut to the barn. Tabitha, who was tied up at this point, kind of convinces Rex to untie her. Or or hypnotizes him to untie her. So he does. And then she knocks him out. And just leaves him knocked out. And then she kind of stares out the window for a bit. Which I thought... (laughs) You know, like, you're going to call the movie The Devil's Bride. I get why you changed the title, but now I've got this character who's got nothing to do with the devil or getting married or anything like that, and she's not really doing anything. Cutting to the Black Knight in the room, he rides in, he starts to scare Simon. Simon almost falls out of uh, the circle, but Lee captures him, and he's, they, they look into his face. Yeah, well, he pulls his mask off yeah. to reveal the skeletal form underneath. It's like, yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> Anybody who sees the angel of death's face will die. Um, and Lee uses these this magical saying that he's been holding on to because he told the mum, look, I can't use it until our souls, our very souls, rely on it because it could almost blow our minds. It could rip a hole in the fabric of time and space. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, at the last instant, he does recount these words. <laughs> Now, apparently in the script, there was no words. So Christopher Lee, from his own research and his own esoteric kind of knowledge... Nice. Uh, put, you know, put put the whole sentences together and, you know, delivered those words. But again, he says them in a way that you go, well, that's legit, right? Yeah, yeah that's absolutely it's, legit. It's, totally, it's the Lord of the Summer Isle. It's fucking yeah, Dracula. I do like this entire sequence, but again, there's one edit in the whole sequence <laughs> right. that just makes me laugh every time I see it. Yeah. And that is the shot where the horse is on its hind legs. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and they play the footage forwards, backwards, forwards, backwards, forwards, yeah, cut. That I was, was like, that was oh. great. But yeah, within within a moment, push the 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 angel of death is gone. He's been banished, and uh, and it's not long before Rex turns up at the house and and he's cradling Tabitha, and he's just like, and Christopher Lee's just like, I know the angel of death came, and when the angel is called, he must take a soul back with him. Yeah, so he's claimed his her soul, and uh, it's pretty sad, you know. They they lay her down and. and then they uh, they start hypnotizing the mum again. Well, they realise that Peggy has been kidnapped at this point, 
and you know she's been taken to Makata Simon has escaped as well and he's gone to Makata to try to rescue Peggy now if you know Satanists you know you know they're just not going to give up the little girl or the guy that they're after um so yeah so Lee's just like look we're going to hypnotize the mum we're going to take the spirit of Tabitha to get, get inside you and we're going to find out where Makata will be and she keeps talking about these these golden serpents and we'd seen them earlier in the film, and I'm, I'm look, looking at Rex, I'm like, come on, Rex, you <laughs> saw the golden serpents earlier, and you're going to say it in a minute, aren't you, Rex? And Rex is like, oh, man, if we only we knew where Makar was, if only we knew, <laughs> oh, wait, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> and so they race over to the, to the, uh, the great, uh, the house, because that's where the, the serpents are, and Simon, who's well creepy, Simon's walked into the house, and with all the music playing and everything building up, you know, it's coming to the finale of the movie, they kind of went quiet. He walks into this quiet house and he t goes to the sacrificial room and there's just Charles Gray and all these Satanists just kind of staring at him. Just waiting for him to walk in. Yeah. <laughs> like, they always knew he was going to be coming. You know, is like, super powerful. He's always known about this. And that's what I loved about Terence Fisher's kind of hammer horror compared to like other hammer horrors that did seem really cheap and didn't have a really good story and you know by the end of the movie you're like ah oh, that was that was all right his ones really made me go like oh man i really need to see how this turns out like where is this going didn't care about the continuity errors or the reversing backwards horse or it's the old just, one with those the are eye. just things that you notice when you watch the film a lot <laughs> oh totally but you, i mean you'd notice it more when you're yeah paying attention but because i was so enthralled by the movie i like like the for me, this next bit kind of threw me off because the Duke turns up with the mum, the dad and Rex and they're all there and they have no plan. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> now, there was a scene earlier in the film where the Duke gives Rex like these two vials. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he's just like, you know, I think it is, is it salt or, yeah, or like holy water? Holy or water, salt, this will protect you from... And it, and it never gets brought up again. I was no. like, oh, this is where he's going to pull those out of his pocket. <laughs> but no, they go down there one at a time into a punch-up <laughs> and get knocked right out. Yeah. Like, yeah. There was no plan. And and Rex is taken out. The dad is taken out. The Peggy, she's been hypnotized. She's on the altar. She's about to get sacrificed. Fucking Simon stood there. He's not... He can't do anything. And it just... It totally looks like Charles Gray is going to win and kick ass. And, and Mrs. Eaton's just like, what are you going to do? You've got to use those words. And Lee's like, I can't use those words. They're too powerful. They'll blow up the world. Oh, my God, we can't. You know, he's just, he's on the edge. Like, what are we going to do? And then all of a sudden, Tabitha takes control of Mrs. Eaton's body. Now, she'd kind of gotten lost earlier in the seance because where they are, she couldn't enter. And then all of a sudden now, she just kind of turns up. And mentions something to Charles Gray about all oh, power is lost, at, you know, or fleeting. And she walks up to Peggy and she kneels down to Peggy and she says to Peggy, Peggy, recite these words. And she says the magical words to Peggy. And the moment Peggy finishes the last word, the whole fucking room explodes. Io protesta. Zati, zata. Zati, zata. Galati. Galata. 
yeah, you know, there's fireballs going off, there's lightning, you know, Makata's looking around like, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god, what is this? The Satanists are all just everybody who is not Christopher Lee, Rex, Simon, Mr. and Mrs. Eaton and Peggy. Which is fucked up. They're just gone. Yeah. And, and like, in a quick edit, they're all gone. And, and it's like nothing had even occurred in here. Well, other than somebody's putting now like a giant cross on the wall. Like, was the cross always there? And they'd kind of blasphemed against it. That's what gave the room its unholy power. Or Maybe. like the, the cross has turned up now. They've said these but words. But it's the whole thing of, uh, of good or God overcoming yeah. Satan and evil. Yeah. Always. And so that's kind of like the, the, the Christian message, I guess, behind, you know, the, the film is that the good will win. But then the movie throws you a complete fucking curveball because you turn up right back. at the And it, it was really well done. Like, I, I wasn't too sure if they'd just shown me the same sequence or the guys had reenacted it. But at the end of the Magic Circle sequence when Peggy had been kidnapped and Rex had turned up with Tabitha Christopher Lee has gotten up walked over to Simon and Simon's like is it over and Christopher Lee's like yes it is and that's how Tabitha and Rex had turned up this moment it happens again Simon's like is it over and Christopher Lee's like yes it's over and I'm like what the fuck did I hit rewind or something has the film jumped and Christopher Lee goes and it just explains to us that time has reversed like Rex is alive Tabitha's alive the angel of death had turned up again and they had defeated Makata so the angel of death has taken Makata's soul with him and all the satanists and time itself has been reversed and everybody's fine time itself has been reversed for us Tarnit's death, Peggy's abduction, the ride to Chilbury, the ritual in the cellar, all these things happened. But now, they have not happened. Yeah, that's the power of good. <laughs> Fuck yeah! <laughs> and we get this nice gentle melody as we roll into the credits. <laughs> it, it really did blow my mind. Like, I was not expecting that from the film, completely. Like... The fact that just Lee was just going to now explain it to us. Like, oh yeah, it's all right. Angel of Death saved us. Yeah, it just makes me sad that we don't get a whole series of movies following the Duke, you know, <laughs> yeah. and all of his other adventures. Yeah. Uh, but still, very, very satisfying. Well, technically, he could have fought on werewolves. Yeah. Well, it will be your favourite <laughs> scenes from The Devil Rides Out. Man, I love, uh, a lot of my sequences were just uh, some of the action sequences. Like, I really loved the the, 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 the car chase sequence between Rex and, and Tabitha, especially the puddle sequence. You know, uh, the, 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 the editing back and forth, especially, like, trying to superimpose these things. Like, Charles Gray's eyes really gets you and so when you first see them in the mirror when he's talking to tabitha you might kind of laugh off like <laughs> that's really silly but then when he's staring at the mum oh man like he's got you like you're like where the fuck's christopher lee he's got to come in and save us uh the devil in the forest man brave man for putting on a fucking goat's head <laughs> and goat leggings and then sitting there in the darkness in the middle of the woods at night time while everyone's dressed up as saintness like whoa uh, the the whole the whole sequence with the giant spider or the, the mini spider or whatever spider you want to talk about and Peggy you know being evil the 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 horse riding in I loved the eye sequence between Rex and Tabitha in the barn because it's just 
It's so weird, just to, to, the camera zooming in on her eyes, and then on his, and then hers, and his, and you're like, yeah, I get it. He's fucking hypnotized, okay? <laughs> and he lets her out all the way up to the, the final sequence where they get Peggy to recite these words, and she just makes the whole room explode. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah, there are some really great moments in the film. A lot of the, my favourite scenes are all the scenes with Christopher Lee, just just a powerhouse of an yes. actor playing a fantastic character. Uh, but my favourite scene, I think, in the entire film is uh, Mokata hypnotising Mrs. Eaton yes. uh, without her even knowing it. And then, of course, the way that scene ends where he just says, I shall not be back, but something will. So chilling. And it's right at the middle point of the film as well. Yeah, uh, It's just so damn good. Um, I, I loved the the devil himself in the woods. Yeah, it's a, it's the classic iconic image, isn't it, of of Satan or the devil from the sixties. It's great. It's great. Uh, and uh, I I love the Duke at the beginning scene in the party where he's mingling around, just yes, listening into everybody. Yes. Uh, great great moment in the film. Well, Ian, do you recommend the Devil Rides Out? I definitely do. Um, I know that some people might be a little bit held back on it. As soon as they watch it, they'll be like, oh, it's old, it's hammer horror, it's got no blood, no gore, no this, no that. And if that's what you're after, then you can find that in a hundred million other movies. What you get in this is Christopher Lee and Charles Gray. These two, for me, are two powerhouse actors who, regardless of how hammy the story seems or how the continuity might be off or the special effects might be bad, the two of them keep me on edge all the way up to the movie. If I had to, you know, if somebody said to me, like, look, let's watch a horror movie, I've got the devil rides out, I'd be like, put that shit on. The whole ending sequence is just a blast. You know, it's just... It just slow the movie slowly, slowly more and more ramps up of all these different things happening until all of a sudden it just fucking explodes in your face and then it's all over and you're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is an absolute easy recommendation from me. Uh, it's a must watch for horror fans. The Devil Rides Out is an absolute classic and one of the best Hammer horror films ever produced. It really is one of those films that defined British horror with an excellent script adaptation by Richard Matheson, cutting the filler and refining the dialogue, which was expertly delivered by the always fantastic and iconic Christopher Lee. The whole cast did a great job, but Charles Gray was a standout as the cult leader, threatening, powerful, and with an unnerving charm. He was a great rival for Christopher Lee. The direction of the film is tight and it's well-paced. It's a solid thrill ride with black magic, car chases, and monsters. There are some great set pieces, simple and effective cinematography with slow zooms, and it's perfectly edited. James Bernard created a wonderful sense of the supernatural with a demonic quality within the music score that thunders in the climax. It's very memorable. The only weakness within the film may be the love story. Maybe letting it down slightly was also the effects. The rear projection, the giant spider, the bat wings on the angel of death. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's a film about the characters, not the monsters. Watch this for a quality good versus evil classic with top-rate performances, wonderful sets of music. It's a classic. It's a cult classic. And perhaps the pinnacle of Hammer Horror. All the demons of hell summoned to earth to claim the Devil's Bride. Thanks for watching Off The Shelf Reviews.
私さ。